Hello and thank you for joining us. I am Chad Caddwell, a partner in the International Arbitration Practice here at Herbert Smith Freehills based in Melbourne. Um, this is the first in our series exploring the recently released Australia Arbitration Survey. The survey found that more than 90% of arbitrators appointed to arbitrations with an Australian connection were male. Those diversity statistics are the topic for this discussion today. It's obviously really important that we tackle these findings head on, and diversity and inclusion is important to us at HSF. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Deborah Tonkinson, the Secretary General from Akika here in Australia, Paula Hodges, QC, the Global Head of our International Arbitration Practice here at HSF, and Guillermo Garcia Perote, a Senior Associate in our International Arbitration Team in Sydney. Deb, let me start the discussion by asking you about Akika's reaction to the survey findings. Were the findings on diversity what you were, exp what you were expecting? And how does Akika plan to respond? Thank you, Chad. And thank you very much for inviting me to be a part of today. I think it's probably fair to say that the, uh, the, re the results of the survey were somewhat surprising um, in this respect um, and disappointing. As you said, they revealed a lack of diversity in arbitrator appointments, um, overall less than 10% uh, of appointments in reported cases were women. The survey results also showed that institutional appointments were generally more diverse um, than party nominations. Um, institutional appointments uh, were more, more than twice as um, likely to be, uh, to be women than party nominations. Um, that is perhaps not as surprising. Uh, that's fairly consistent with data in um, similar reports around the world um, and certainly from Akika's experience. Um, in our own caseload, the, um, the appointments that we are able to make, um, we try very hard to ensure that um, women are fairly represented, that we have perceived some change in the course of the last two years, um, and we're seeing greater um, appointments of female arbitrators by parties, um, as well as more women being considered for appointments, uh, which is, is great to see. Um, but I, I don't think that um, our work is over. We've got a, still got a long way to go. Um, I thought it was really interesting within the survey um, that uh, respondents indicated uh, that they had a concern about a perceived shallow pool of arbitrators um, from which they could draw for their appointments. Um, but they also indicated that they were likely to choose arbitrators um, based on who they had prior experience with. So that tendency um, we thought was probably likely to contribute to the narrow demographics that we, we saw in the survey results. In terms of um, Akika's approach, we've been looking at the issue of diversity for some time um, and developing initiatives that seek to address um, improvements in diversity um, with sort of a multi-pronged approach. Um, for at sort of the highest level, uh, we strive for diversity within Akika management. Um, the percentage of women that we currently have on the Akika board is about one third. Um, and last year for the first time, we reached parity of representation um, amongst the Akika executive, which are uh, the organization's office bearers. 
um, which was a significant milestone. In terms of uh, our internal caseload, wherever, as I said before, Akika makes the appointments, we're very conscious to consider where possible um, an equal number of female candidates, um, or if a list is being provided to parties as a part of their agreed procedure, that women are fairly represented within that list. Um, the other uh, opportunity that we have as our caseload continues to grow is to look at first time appointments, um, which goes to that, that issue of broadening the pool um, and ensuring that people become more aware of available and qualified arbitrators. Um, in the same vein, uh, we have started profiling emerging arbitrators in our publications, um, and we're also very careful in our event planning um, to ensure that we have diversity um, across the speaker pool. We're also um, quite conscious that change happens over time, um, and uh, today's uh, arbitration practitioners are tomorrow's emerging arbitrators. Um, and so it's equally important for us as an institution to promote uh, their development and the development of their networks um, to provide that um, pipeline um, as we go forward. The, the sort of the last point that I, I really wanted to make um, in terms of this arbitrator pool um, is that uh, the Akika panel um, is a publicly available panel. Um, it, it consists of our list of fellows. Um, they are qualified arbitrators and, and we make sure that that panel is publicly available so that parties can use it for as a resource for their nominations. Um, in a further effort to increase the diversity of that pool, we're, we've also begun a process of outreach um, to encourage membership. Um, we would really like to grow the percentage of female arbitrators on that panel. Um, so I encourage anyone that is looking at um, moving into arbitration to contact us and, and, and have a chat. Thanks, Deb. Paula, these issues are not unique to Australia. In fact, similar discussions have been taking place at a global level for some time now. What are some of the initiatives that are being implemented globally that the arbitration community here in Australia could learn from or adopt? You are right. The issue is certainly not unique to Australia. All jurisdictions have some way to go yet. In fact, ICA released a report last year which showed that the total number of female arbitrator appointments globally was approximately 21%. Now, improving those statistics is something we've been working very hard at, both at HSF and at the LCIA. I'm certainly very proud that the LCIA has decided to take a leading role on gender diversity. We're currently crunching the 2020 numbers. But for 2019, we saw an increase in the overall number of female arbitrators being appointed in LCIA arbitrations. And that increased from 23% in 2018 to 29% in 2019. However, there are two stories that lie behind that 29%. And, and the difference lies between those appointments that are selected by the parties and those that are made by the institution. It is very clear from the LCIA statistics 
that the institution still remains the main driver when it comes to gender diversity. So in 2019, the LCIA appointed and selected 48% of female arbitrators when they were making appointments. And that has been a growing trend over the last few years. Now, of course, I'm, I'm very conscious as a result of the gap between party appointments and institutional point appointments. And that's made me all the more determined when it comes to the arbitrator appointments in which HSF is involved to try and do all we can to improve the gender diversity statistics. And as a result, we have adopted a number of initiatives to help this. First, we have made a commitment not to send all male shortlists to clients so that we include female candidates as well. Secondly, we actually are engaging with clients to talk about their own gender targets and to try to help them de-gender conversations about arbitrate candidates. Thirdly, we have a, a female arbitrator list that we actively manage to make sure that everyone has access to a variety of female arbitrators that they can consider for appointment. And then fourthly, the firm is a very active participant in the Equal Representation in Arbitration Pledge Initiative. Two of our partners, Brenda Horrigan in Australia and May Tai, the managing partner in Asia, are on the steering committee. And we support a number of events around the world. Most recently, we've had Meet the Arbitrator events in both London and Hong Kong. I'm also delighted that a number of our younger practitioners are involved in the Young Pledge committees. We track our diversity statistics very closely, and I'm pleased to see some improvement in the firm's um, statistics, although, of course, I would like to see more. In our most recent data, 26% of all arbitrator appointments in which HSF was involved were female arbitrators. And 54% of those in the HSF's arbitration group who are sitting as arbitrators are women, which gives me great faith for the future. So in short, this is a challenging issue which requires focus efforts to achieve change. So I'm very proud that uh, our firm and the LCIA is taking a leading role in driving this issue forward around the world, including in Australia. Thanks, Paula. Guillermo, we wanted to end the discussion on a positive note. You have worked in international arbitration in a number of places around the world, including in Spain and here in Australia. What has been your experience in relation to diversity in international arbitration? And what do you think are the positive impacts of embracing diversity? Thanks so much, Chad. Well, as I said, the great thing about diversity is that it brings different perspectives. You get different perspectives. And um, in my opinion, international arbitration is particularly interesting in this regard because you obviously have gender diversity and which gets a lot of attention, rightly so. But you also have different aspects of diversity. You have cultural diversity, diversity based on the languages you speak, where you are based geographically obviously racial, ethnic diversity, even diversity based on 
legal background and the legal system you come from. So you have common law and civil law. And as I see it, you are in international arbitration, you're naturally exposed to a multicultural environment that enriches your experience as a lawyer and as a person. And I think as long as we keep the, more, the ball rolling in this regard, we keep having these conversations, we keep pushing each other to do more. Uh, it just shows that this is going to be a very exciting field to be involved in. And I mean, international arbitration diversity and the practice of law in general, I think we can lead uh, the field in many, in many regards. Thanks, Guillermo. And thanks, Deb and Paula, for sharing your insights. This is an important topic and HSF looks forward to continuing the discussion to champion greater diversity in arbitration, both here in Australia and across the globe. In the meantime, we look forward to seeing you soon in our, the next in our series on the Australia Arbitration Survey. You have been listening to a podcast brought to you by Herbert Smith Freehills. For more episodes, please go to our channel on iTunes or SoundCloud and visit our website herbertsmithfreehills.com for more insights relevant to your business.